So like it has been said, last week we started our new series, The All of God, and we were looking at um, the holy fear, you know, we're looking at the fear of God, the awe of God, and how God desires that we should walk with him in, in the sanctification, in the holiness. And one thing that really amazes me or just makes me so excited is that this holiness or this fear of God, it's not something that we can look forward to and deem as impossible uh, to attain or to meet or to become. Like it was in the, Holy, in, in the Old Testament, these guys could not. They did not have it. All they had was the law, and it was very difficult to be able to achieve and attain what was written in the law for them. So they had to give the animals, the sacrifice, animal sacrifice, in order for them to be washed or to be pardoned for, from their sins. But then we have the high priest, Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, who came and died for us. His righteousness, those who have received him, the righteousness of Christ has been imputed or given or deposited in the sons of God. His blood washes us and sanctifies us from all of our sins and makes us to stand right with God. When you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, Paul says in Second Corinthians that if anyone, Second Corinthians 5, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, they've become a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And John, in chapter 1 and verse 12, he talks about the new creation. He says that those who received him, uh, who, who welcomed him, they are given the power, the right to become children of God. And he says, these children of God, they are not born of human will or flesh or desires of man, but they are born of the Spirit, the incorruptible seed of God, the Spirit of God. And apart to the Roman says, this Spirit who dwells in us, he calls our Father in us. He causes us to call God our Father. And when we are led by the Spirit of God, indeed and truly we are sons and daughters of God. Then, to belong to this God, there's an expectation that as with us to walk in the fear of God. To walk in the fear of God. I'm reminded of uh, 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 Acts of Apostles chapter 2 and verse 42. We, 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 we see of a church, the first church after Jesus had died, he had ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit came down, and the Bible says that the believers were together. They had everything in common. They prayed and worshipped and had fellowship with one another. And you know what? The awe of God was with them. And because of that reverence for God, there were signs and wonders that were performed by the apostles. Great miracles. The dead came back to life. The sick were healed. The deaf uh, were able to hear again. And, and, and those who did not have speech, they were able to speak. There were so many amazing things that happened in among them because of the awe of God, because of this reverence to our God. And this day today, if we embrace this fear, the holy, the holy fear of God, the reverence for our God, we will experience His presence. We will experience His touch. We will experience His love. We will experience His renewal. We will experience the restoration of God. 
We will experience the restoration of our loved ones coming back to life. Of our loved ones coming back to, to the love of God, to the fear of God. There will be unity in our families. There will be unity in our communities if we experience the reverence of God. Because God will dwell among us. God will dwell in our midst. The desire of God from the ancient times of old up to today is that God may dwell among his people. That's why Jesus, one of his names is called Emmanuel, meaning God with us, God among his people. It is his desire that God should dwell among his people. But here is one thing. God does not dwell in the place where he is not honored. God does not live in the place where he is not respected. God does not dwell where there is sin and dirt of our hearts, evil intentions and desires to fulfill the desires of flesh. God dwells where there is purity of heart, where there is holiness, where there is the fear of God, the reverence to God, the awe of God. In that place, God dwells. Just like his Holy Spirit does not dwell where there is a filthiness and, and where there is sin, where sin has been promoted and given dominion and authority, where God has not been given room and reverence. The Spirit of God does not dwell there. So, though it is His desire to be with us, to dwell with us, to live with us, so many times we offend Him. So many times. We do not embrace or allow him closer to us because of our own lifestyle. And that's why we're spending time to look at the holiness of God, to look at the awe of God, the reverence of God. And if we can embrace this message, truly we are going to experience more of God. We are going to experience the abundance of God. And I pray this morning that as we listen to this message, we'll begin to make resolutions in our hearts to dwell in the fear of God, to embrace the reverence and the holiness of God in our lives and in everything that we do amen and today under this theme under this uh, series the awe of god we are going to look at the message that is entitled how to truly get close to god how to truly get close to god is our focus today since god wants to tabernacle since god wants to dwell in our midst how do we get closer to him? I love the worship song, the worship team. They sang a song, and probably will sing it later, which says, draw me close uh, to you. Never let me go. I lay it down again, and all I want, Lord, is you. Draw me closer to you, Lord. And we are going to, know, to look at how do we truly get close to God? What are some of the things do we need to let go to, em uh, to embrace the holiness, to embrace the holiness, to embrace the reverence for our God so that that relationship may be solid? So that this relationship with God may be so strong that nothing and nothing can be able to separate us from this relationship that God has with us. I want us to take our first reading from the book of James, chapter 4 and verse, we're going to verse 8. The Bible says in verse 8, uh, come close to God and God will come close to you. 
Other version says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. So come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. In New King James Version, that's our uh, New Living Translation, I also want to read it from New King James. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hearts, you sinners, and purify your hearts. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I, I, and, and he continues to say, when we read further from that in verse 9, he's saying that lament and mourn, weep, let your laughter be turned to mourning, and let your joy to gloom, uh, to, uh, to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. We see right there two things that are quite important. The first one being that God desires that he may draw near to us. God desires that he may be with us. God, is, God is desires that he may live with his people. And God's desire, the number two desire, is that he may lift us up. That's what verse 10 is saying, that he may lift you up. If you turn away from your sin, if you turn away from things that divide you, from the curtains that are dividing you between you and God, from the walls that have been erected, that are a hindrance between you and the relationship with God. If you part them, if you break down every dividing walls of sin and the tolerance of what is the enemy certain is leading you to, if you you let them go, God will draw near to you. He will draw near to you. And you know, when God is near, when God is present, every sickness will run away. Every disease runs away. Every other things that come to reduce the quality of life will run away from us when God is present. In his presence, nothing impure, nothing imperfect survives or stands. When God's presence is with you. Wherever God goes with you, he parts the Red Seas for you. He opens up the borders for you. Every stronghold are brought down, they are broken when the presence of God is with you. So he says, draw near to God. Draw closer to God and God will draw closer to you. Here is the question, who draws near? First, between God and man. Who comes close between God and man, according to that question? Who should draw first? Who should draw close first? Who should come close first? Is it God? We are there waiting for God to come closer? Or are we the ones to go closer to God? Well, I'll answer the questions in two ways. Uh, the absolute truth and the relative truth. Let me start with the absolute truth. The absolute truth is that God is everywhere. One of the attributes of God is that he is omnipresent. Meaning God is everywhere. There is no place where God is not. He created everything. He fills everything with his presence. God is omnipresent, meaning God is everywhere. A part of, we know of his attributes like omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotence, right? God is all-knowing, God is powerful, God is everywhere. All right. So now, the, uh, that's the absolute truth. The relative truth is that 
we have to draw closer to God. In as much as God is close, is everywhere, is present, there are time God has given us what we call the free will, the ability to choose God or not to choose God. And also have the ramification or the consequences for not choosing God. I love the term ramification. It sounds very serious, not so. The consequences of not choosing God is that we become lonely and alone without purpose in this life. When we choose to be away from God, when we choose the worldliness or the world rather than God, when we choose the desires and the pleasure of the world rather than God, when we choose Satan, when we choose fulfillment, when we choose desires and to please this flesh, we become enemies of God. We become aliens. We become far away from God. We give God the back and we begin to hate, to be hated for our condemnation, for our damnation, for our own destruction. And God is saying, turn your back away from me and face me. Come. In Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, God says, come to me. Come, turn back to me. Let us reason together. Even though your sins were as red as scarlet, I will turn them, sanctify you, and make you as pure as war. God is promising that if we turn back to him, if we come closer to him, he will purify us and sanctify us. There's no sin too big for our God to forgive. There's no sickness too big for our God to heal. Nothing is complicated with our God. For all things are possible with our God. If we come closer to God, if we humble ourselves, if we bring ourselves before him and lay everything at his feet, God is promising to lift us up. He says, draw closer to God. Come closer to your God, and he will be closer to you. Jeremiah says, seek the Lord while he might be found. And those who seek him with all of their heart, they will find him. That's what Jeremiah says, seek the Lord. And if you seek him with all of your heart and desire, you will find God. How to truly, how can we truly come closer to God? How truly can we get close to our God? Uh, God? God is desiring that we begin to work out our relationship. We begin to consider our ways and let go of every dividing things and come closer to God and allow his holy fear to take lead, to take control, to take over our lives and allow God to be lifted up and everything to be humbled down. The Bible says that the mention of the name Jesus, every knee should bow down and every tongue confess that the Lord Jesus is Lord. When we come closer to God, we are submitting before his might hand. We are submitting before and having reverence before him and say, God, be lifted up. Be lifted up. Do you long for an intimate relationship with your creator? But it seems so elusive. It seems like you cannot attend this. This is like impossible because I, am, I can't do this. Well, if he, it seems like that, perhaps because something is utterly so wrong, something uh, is essentially going on wrong in your life, and that could be the major, of, uh, the major aspect of having an intimate relationship is embracing the fear of God. Is embracing the reverence of God, the awe of God. You have to understand that 
I thank God we are not talking about being afraid of God. The fear of God and being afraid of God are not the same thing. The fear of God is the reverence, the respect we give to God. And what we mean is living our lives in line with his will, not our own. Living our lives in perspective of what is the heaven's agenda and calendar, rather than that of our own. When you're talking about to be afraid of God, is not to want God close and come close to us, not even having anything to do with him, because he is something else than we are. We're talking about the fear of God. We're talking about the reverence of God. We're talking about the holiness of God that we should embrace because God created us for himself to worship him, to lift him up, and to be representatives or the ambassadors of God here on earth. We are representatives of God before our people, before families, before our colleagues, in our working places, wherever we go, we are called to reflect his glory. We are called to reflect his power, his presence, his glory, his holiness. If believers who are called by God's name can humble themselves and separate themselves from every wicked ways, the Bible says that you will truly call to God and God will hear you. He will answer and heal your land. He will heal our hearts. When we come closer to God, God can heal our country. God can heal our families. God has power to heal everything that is broken. God has power to restore everything that is broken. But we have the role to play. We have to come closer to God. We have to tear, tear away, to tear, to tear our garments of sin and filthiness and things that do not allow God to stay, to to come closer to us, we have to let go and say, God, search my heart, know me, and find if there is anything that is impure in me, and remove it from me. Like David, we have to say, Lord, open my heart and search if there is any sin that does not allow you to come and tabernacle within me. Can God dwell in your heart today? How is the status of your heart? What are some of the things that you have embraced, which are a hindrance or a, a, a blocking wall between you and your God. How is your ways like? How is your life like? Would God be pleased with you today to come close and having a relationship with you? How do you get closer to God? Probably let's look at that. The first thing that I'm thinking about, there are so many things or many ways that helps us to embrace this fear or reverence of God and how to truly get closer to God. But the first thing I'm thinking about getting closer to God is by talking with God. The first thing I'm thinking about is by talking with God, by having this relationship with God. It's by having this walk with God. And what I mean this also is by praying to God. You know, like it is true of every communication, uh, of every relationship, communication is key. For every relationship to thrive, a dialogue between two people in a relationship is quite key. Between the married couples, if you can stay without talking to each other for a month, you begin, there will be, there will be a gap, there will be a gap that will begin to grow bigger and bigger until you cannot even get closer to each other. But if you continue talking, you begin to Look at things that your partner wants. Look at things that your friends like, what they like, what they dislike. Because when you are talking, you are giving a piece of yourself to another person. 
when you're having meaningful and relevant intimate communication or conversation with a person, you're having what we call heart-to-heart -heart conversation, you are beginning to look at where they are at, what matters a lot to them, and how to please them, how to stay closer to them, and how to make, to make them be pleased with you as well. In the Christian walk, prayer a walk with God. He, he allows us to look at what is God's will. How do we call God's will and agenda, heavenly agenda, into our own? How do we prioritize God? What is God pleased with us? And how can we live a life that makes sure that we do not offend God by embracing sin and the things of this world? Talk with God. Psalm 133, verse 17 to verse 18. Uh, the, the, the writer is talking something quite relevant in here. He's, he's talking about how God's thoughts and our thoughts are really uh, different. But when we come closer to him, when we know our God, when we live with our God, when we fear the Lord and shun away evil, we begin to understand and have the thoughts of God within us. If we embrace this closeness with God, if we talk with God, if we embrace his life in us, uh, we begin to put him first in our lives and that God's will become our own. Then God says, I will restore you. I will restore your life. I will make you move in the paths of righteousness. I will, I will straighten the ways before you. I will make sure God is promising what he will do once we embrace his holiness, once we embrace his life in us, once we begin to move with our God. For the people who know their God, who walks with their God, they will be strong in the land and outside the land. They will do exploits. They will do amazing things. A conversation with God. Having a chat. Having a talk with God. How do we do that? We have to grow in our relationship with us. And relationship takes work. It takes work. When you are interested into something, you put a lot into that something. And I'll tell you, if you know that your closeness with God, your relationship with God matters a lot, you begin to put more efforts and life in knowing God in being with God, in growing in that relationship with God. And if you do that, you begin to run away from everything that wants to divide you from God, that wants to separate you from God. Isaiah says God's, God's hand is not too short to heal. God's eyes are not blind, but it is your sin that has divided you or separated you from God. May we begin to break every wall of sin that has separated us from God in Jesus' name. May we begin to let go and lose every dividing curtains and embrace this oneness of God, the fear of God, the, the, the reverence of our God, and we'll see God lifting us up. We'll begin to see God lifting us up. James is saying, draw closer to God and he will draw closer to you. Let go of your life that is not uh, pleasing to God and see that God lifts you up. How do we talk with God? Well, it's by making time with God, making, daily, uh, making time for daily prayer. Make time for daily prayer. Make time for daily prayer with God. When you are busy, 
You can be busy with everything else, like life could be busy, but if you know that you have a good relationship with God, you need to make time with God. It could be when you are stuck in the traffic, going for work or school, any other errands, you could make time to pray with God. It could be when you are to work in your office, you can make time with God. And that's part of my routine. Every day when I'm at work, open up my office, the first thing I have to pray, I have to read my, my Bible. And you know what? That has resulted in one day, all the staff at work they like they said we've seen something in you we would like to do this can we start our devotions together and what we do is that all of us all the staff at work every day morning when we come for work first thing we do is we go and have time with God. Before we go for teaching, those who are going for work in the office, we all come together, pray and have devotion and commit our day before the Lord. You can make time with God no matter how busy you are. If really you know that your relationship with God matters, you make time with God. You know what prayer does to us? Prayer, it reduces more of self and it promotes God in our lives. It promotes the will of God, that conscience, that truly reflection and, and awareness of God's presence in our lives. There are certain other things that you're not doing because you know that God clo is close with us. Prayer simply draws us closer to God. It's a chart, it's a communication between us and God. It draws us closer to Him. Prayer helps us to submit before the Lord. Jesus teaches us how to pray. He says, first of all, you have to say, Father in heaven, the Lord be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You are promoting God and you are saying, let your will be done. Not my will, but let your will be done. And you go on to telling God about your needs. Give us this day our daily bread. And you go on to submitting by repenting of your sins. Says, forgive my trespasses. Uh, forgive my trespasses, Lord. Uh, forgive me of the things that I trespass and I other people that I offend and allow me to help, help me to forgive them too. So prayer puts us in our position where we belong and it helps us to grow in this relationship with God and begin to embrace. Prayer begins to make us reflect on our lifestyle and let go of every sin that is rising up in our hearts and lives. Allow God to be lifted in our lives. May we adopt and develop this lifestyle to pray every day. How do you talk to God? By making time to pray with God. And also by bringing yourself, just bring yourself. There are many people in my time of ministry that I've talked to who have failed to pray. The reason is because of the guilty party or the guilty conscience. They're like, I've done that and that, that and done that. I can't pray to God. He's too holy and I am too sinful. Therefore, I can't come closer to God. God is inviting you to come closer the way you are, but he's not asking you to remain the way you are. When you come closer to God with your baggage, with your baggages, with your sins, with your leadens that are weighing you down, he said, Lay them at the feet of the cross of Christ. Lay them at the cross. Lay them before the Lord and allow him to lift you up. Allow God to lift you up above all that trap of the enemy. And may you begin to thrive in the awe of God. May you begin to thrive in the presence of God. May you begin to thrive in the holiness of God. Just come, bring yourself before the Lord and say, Father, here I am. 
May you take away these sins away from me. May you help me, Lord, to rise above all these weaknesses of my life and these desires that seem to grow within me. Lord, may you, may, may my desire be you. May I desire more about you than anything else. Bring yourself before the Lord. Don't run away from God. Come closer to God. The other thing is you have to pray in the way that feels most natural to you. Pray in the way that feels most natural to you. Other people, they pray by clapping their hands. Others, they pray by concentrating and, and closing their eyes. Others, they bow down. That's the most natural thing to you. Pray in the language and in the way that feels more natural to you. Because God is very natural to you. God created you. And he wants to have that natural, normal relationship with you. If you are doing things that make sense because you copied it from somewhere else, you didn't do it from, for a long time. You can only do it for some time. And after that, it will, it, you can't pick up, you can't maintain the routine. But if you look at God as someone who is closer to you, who, to whom you really matter more than anyone else, if you look at God as your Father, the loving Father, Creator, who wants the best and only the best for you, you will desire to do what pleases Him. You will desire to embrace His all. You will desire to live and dwell in the holiness and in the fear of God. The Bible says without holiness, no one can see God. Without holiness, no one can see God. But it's God's desire that we may dwell together, that he may have a relationship with us. Come closer to God. Open up to God. Open up to God. Tell him some of the things that are hindering. Tell him the dividing curtains that are standing in your life. Tell him some of those uh, some of those addictions in your life that, 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 are, that are making you feel like you are rejected, you are too sinful. Tell him and begin to make decisions like, God, I want to let go of these things from today on one. I don't want the enemy to have authority over my life because I want to be with you. Nothing else, no one else. I want to be with you above all else, Lord. I want to be with you. Confess before the Lord. Ask him in your prayer, in your time. Ask God to just wash you, sanctify you with the blood of Jesus Christ. Because he's more than able to do that for you. You have to come closer to God by having that relationship with God. And, and the other thing, how do you come closer to God? Well, you have to come closer to God by growing your faith. Faith allows us, Hebrews, I love what Hebrews says. First, uh, Hebrews 28, verse, Hebrews 12, verse 28 and verse 29 says that since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Right? For our God is a devouring fire. For our God is a consuming fire. He's talking about the, the author to the Hebrews. He's talking about the holy fear. At the same time, he's talking about the awe. What's the difference between the two? Well, the holy fear is living in perspective or embracing what, God's, what God pleases. What pleases God in our lives. Our lifestyle. Our speech, our walk with God. Embracing things that pleases God, the instructions of God. 
things that God says you shall learn because you know that you have the awe of God now. The awe of God is the reverence of God, exalting God, promoting God in your life above everything. That's why down there he says, for if you lift God and God will lift you up. That's what we read in James 4 verse, verse 8. The Bible says, for, so that God may lift you up. It talks about lifting God, placing God in the place where he belongs. Then God will lift you up. God will lift you up. The awe of God is just bringing us to the reverence, to putting God up above everything else because our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. He is holy and everything that is unholy is consumed and is destroyed. And we, his children, have to live in the holy fear of God, in respecting Honoring God with our lives, with our lips, with our hearts, with our mouths, with everything about us. We have to own our God. We have to embrace the holiness to our God. And we have to, we have to lift God up above all else. Because God cares for us so much. God cares for us. God is calling to his people to grow in loving and knowing him. You know, your faith in God allows you or just promotes you to be able to avoid anything that can come in between you and your God. And we know that if we hold on to, to faith, we we'll hold on to righteousness, we we'll hold on to purity, we we'll hold on to, to the fear of God. I know many people pray and it's just not enough to pray if you do not hold on to the awe of God, the holiness of God, the fear of God. You can just pray words. You can just speak so many words. There will be no power, no effect, no authority. Because our authority comes from the fear of God. They come from being with God. He's the one who authenticates our words. He's the one who makes the words we speak come to pass. The Bible says that God anointed Samuel such that every word that Samuel spoke, God made it come to pass. And it was the same with Elijah because these guys walked in the fear of God. They walked in the holiness of God. They walked with God such that when they declared things, things came to pass. Their faith in God was so unshakable. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it talks about, uh, for without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible with God. I love the way it starts in verse 1. It talks about the heroes of faith. It talks about Abraham. He feared the Lord. He walked in holiness. He walked in the fear of God. And he had faith in God. It talks about Enoch. How Enoch feared the Lord. It talks about the Lord. It talks about all these other great guys. Samson and many others. And then it comes to the conclusion of the matter. In the middle of that particular chapter, he says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Those who comes to God, they must first believe that God is faithful and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Those who seek him with all their hearts in holiness, in the fear of the Lord, God will do as he has promised in his word. Without faith, it's, very it's not possible. It's impossible to stand even and speak before the Lord and God hears. Without faith, we cannot please God. We have to grow our faith. I have an example in the Bible. Jesus' disciples come to him one day evening and they say, Lord, increase our faith. Why? Well, because they saw when they were going, 
Jesus was hungry and he wanted to eat from the fig tree and the fig tree did not bear fruit because it was not in its season and, and Jesus curses it. No one will ever eat from you again. Your master has come and there is nothing your master can eat from you. What kind of a tree are you? No man will ever eat from you again. Uh, they laughed and went. When they were coming on their way back on the following few hours after, they found that the fig tree that was blo blossom and blooming, it had died. It, had, it was dried. It was shrink dried. And they were so, the Bible says that the awe of God, the fear caught up with them. And they went to Jesus and said, increase our faith. Because they knew that with faith, they will speak to God. And the things that they speak will come to pass. Then Jesus does not say that, oh, God will increase your faith. He says, guys, I tell you, if your faith has little as a mustard seed, you will speak to that mountain. To be removed from where it is and be thrown in the sea and the mountain will obey you. You will speak things and things will come to pass. Because you, you have faith in God. To have faith in God is to know that God is faithful. God is righteous. God is holy. That in, that, to the extent that in him there is no deceit. In him there is no unrighteousness. And what God declares and what God has said, it shall come to pass. There is no otherwise with what God has promised. He says, grow, have faith as small as this mustard seed. Do you grow in your faith? Well, sometimes things that kills our faith is the people that we are with. If we are to grow in our faith for God, in the faith for our God, we have to spend time with the like-minded believers. You know, it is said that iron sharpens iron, right? So if you, and individuals or persons, they, they sharpen one another. If you spend time with things that cannot increase or grow or add to your faith but destroy it, your faith will keep on going down. Sometimes even our lifestyle, emulate that of the people that we are found with. How we speak, the things we speak, the things we watch, and, and what tickles to the sense of hearing inside to us is so much in line with what the people around us are doing. But if we are found in the company of the people who fears God, we will find that our life will begin to grow in the fear of God. We will find that our lives will begin to impress God and please God. Because God's desire is that we may draw closer to his fear, to his holiness, and that our lives may be promoted and lifted up. Spend time studying the word of God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You may say that, oh, we have seen many people who read the Bible and their lives are just wayward. Well, you can read the Bible just like any other book and it does nothing. It's just a knowledge. knowledge. You can read the Bible just like every other newspaper and it will do nothing. It has got power hidden in it. It has got life in it. But if you read it like a newspaper, it will do nothing to you. But how do you read the Bible? With the, with the revelation of the Holy Spirit. When the holiness of God is in you, the fear of God, the awe of God in you. The Holy Spirit will be present to activate every page, every letter, every written word in the word of God and to come alive to you and there will be a total transformation. Be the word of God. Dwell in the word of God. Pray to the Holy Spirit for that understanding of what you are reading. 
And sometimes, um, if not every time, you need to grow. You need to be discipled. You need to be discipled. You need to be, you need to ask somebody. You need to come closer. And the desire to grow in knowing more about God. Desire to grow in knowing more about what he says. Desire to wanting to please God above all else in your life. Desire to see God lifted and pleased in your life and in everything that you do. Let that be your desire. Let that be your desire. And there are many times when doubts rises up against the things that we believe. You have to confront your doubt. Doubt kills faith. And I want to tell you that wherever there is faith, doubt will always be there. It's just like wherever there is life, there will always be death. Not so. Everything that is born, a tree that starts to, to, to grow today, one day it will die. It's, it's just like a not natural part of, the, of this life from the garden. Since, since the garden of Eden, doubt and faith, they took up their position. Uh, doubt and death, they took up their position. Doubt against what God has said, against your faith in God. That's what made and gave certain room. Because they doubted what God said. And death was given power. I want to tell you the truth that one day Jesus will come back and to those who have held on to their faith in God, those who are alive in God, those who walk in the fear of God, those who, who pleases God in their life. The Bible says the, the last enemy to be destroyed will be death. Death will be the last enemy that Jesus will destroy and will say, oh death, where is your sting? Where is your power? But you know what? Immediately we begin to doubt God. Immediately we begin to doubt the things that God has said. Immediately we begin to doubt the Christian walk and Christian lifestyle. We will begin to find ourselves far and far and far and far away from our God. Far away from pleasing Him or doing things that pleases our Lord God. We have to confront these doubts because the enemy, every day, every time, he wants to raise doubt far above faith. So that we do not hold on to the power that God has given us. But I pray today that may your faith be given strength in the name of Jesus. May your faith help you to begin to rise up and overcome every, every stronghold, every power and authority that the enemy has been putting and planting in your life in the name of Jesus. That we may grow in our awe of God, in the fear of God, in the holiness to our God. We can't afford to lose that point. We can't afford not to grow in the fear of God. So here's the last thing. How do you grow closer to God? By living righteously. By living well. By living well in perspective with a Christian standard. By living in the fear of God. By living righteous. Living well. Not the way we understand it from the world perspective. Living well is why you have to have mansions. You have to have monies. Wonderful cars, supercars. That's what we call living well, not so. Having a powerful job, a powerful income, or your own company. Then we say that, oh, but you know, like those ones, they are living well. Well, what God calls us, those things God has. Has they belong to God? Do you know what I uh, uh, Matthew six thirty three says? Matthew six thirty three says, "Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things that you desire shall be given unto you: clothes, shelter, food." 
food, everything else belongs to God. In Isaiah, God says, uh, 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 cut on thousand hills are mine. They belong to me. If I wanted, I wouldn't ask from you. Silver and gold and everything under, under this earth, they belong to God. All the precious things belong to God. If you embrace the fear of God, if you embrace the holiness of God, if you embrace the reverence of God, he will give you all those things. The Bible says the fear of God makes one rich and adds no sorrow. The fear of God makes one rich and adds no sorrow. Behold the way to becoming wealth. I tell you today, it's by fearing God and doing his will. By embracing the holiness of God and living in the holiness of God. That's what will promote your life and make you wealth and rich. And there will be no sorrow because on top of wealth, God will add health to you. On top of, of wealth, God will add joy and peace and happiness to you. For the kingdom of God, in the, there is joy and, and, and happiness in the Holy Ghost in the kingdom of God. The salvation comes with all this package to us. But when we walk in the fear of God, we begin to see our lives lifted. We begin to see that God begins to do things in our lives that we can ever imagine. I pray today that the enemy has deceived so... I tell you, the enemy has deceived so many people. And he has turned tables. Our focus is totally on different things. We prefer different things to the fear of God and doing what... Some people can do anything to have money, including what is against God's standards. To do anything to live well, if that is... At the expense of uh, the fear of God, the holiness to God, our relationship with God, then we, we know that we are headed to our death. Then we have to know that we are headed to a wrong end, a definitely painful end. But when we embrace God, when we walk with God, we'll be like the guys, the heroes of faith who walked with God. They died believing. Their faith were never shaken. Their faith were never shaken. Nothing separated them from the love of God because they knew that in God there is life. There is a way. There is a resurrection. And nothing impure is found within God. Psalm 19, verse 7 to 14. I love what it says, and I want to read this in conclusion. The Bible says, The instruction of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the wise simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. But listen to this. The commandments of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Insight for living. Commandments of God gives insight for living. Now, the awe of God, the reverence of God, the fear of the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is so fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest of gold. The commandments, the fear of the Lord, the reverence of God are to be desired above it all. They are sweeter than honey. Even honey dripping from the honeycomb, that the honeycomb, the honeycomb, they, they are so more desirable, pure, and they are holy. And in embracing the holiness to our God, in embracing the awe and the reverence of our God, we receive insights for living. How many of us would love to have insights for living this morning? It comes from the awe of God. 
It comes from walking with God. It comes from the fear of God. Let me give you an example in the Bible. There's a young man called Jacob. He went to work for his father, a very cruel father-in-law by the name of Laban. And after working for 14 years, Laban says that you have nothing. Just get my two daughters and get away from here. And then he says, I have waited for my wealth for all this. I need to have shares. Then Laban says, let me trick this young man. He says, because he had all the animals that had only one color. He says, every animal or cow that will be stripped to have colors, it will be yours. And that was impossible because the man had hundreds of cattle without any color. They had, it's either black, it's either white, it's either brown. And then he says that the, the cattle that will have two colors and more will be yours. Because the commandments of God, they give us insights for living. The fear of God, the awe of God, the reverence to our God gives us insights for living. And this young man, Jacob, had the fear of God in him, the holiness of God, the awe of God. You know what God tells him? The Bible, it says that God gave him insight for living. Picked up the herbs, the plants. And when the cows, when the cattle, they are coming to drink, those who were pregnant, when they see different colors, the babies inside of them started changing colors. You read your Bible. They started changing colors. In few months, more than the cattle which were there, which belonged to Laban, mixed breeds, were mixed colors. And the man who moved away from the father-in-law, rich and wealthy, above anyone else in the land. The awe of God, the fear of God will give you insights for living. In that business, you need insight. In that job of yours, you need insight. In your marriage, you need an insight. In everything that you do for it to thrive, in your academics for you to be successful, you need God-given insight. And it comes from embracing the fear of the Lord. It comes from working with God living righteous, embracing and denying yourself of the pleasures of this world because you want to hold on to your God. Because his presence is what our hearts desires. His presence is everything that we desire. 